Hello everyone this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn Educate Discover. On this podcast we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes how do they go about exploring it further. This episode is a continuation of the previous episode. It is part 2 of my discussion with Aparna Ghosh and we explore a career in startup journalism in India. So part 1 of the discussion is already live. It is episode number 24. So in case you haven't heard it already and you're the kind of person who likes to sort of maintain the flow of the conversation, I suggest you check it out and then you listen to this one. but of course there's no rule um if you're the kind of person who likes to mix things up a little then sure why not listen to this one from the get go anyway so part 1 of the discussion is where aparna touched upon areas such as what is the meaning of startup journalism she talked about the financial aspects of working in the space she talked about how working as a startup journalist might vary might differ from let's say working as a journalist in politics or working as a startup journalist in other countries as opposed to working in India. So great episode, do check it out if you haven't already. And in today's episode you'll find Aparna shares a lot of great details on the day-to-day life of a reporter. She talks about some interesting and challenging aspects of working in this space and she also shares some great tips for anyone who is interested in this field. So I really hope you enjoy today's discussion and with that let's continue with our discussion with Aparna. So can you maybe describe I mean we'll get to some of the more day-to-day aspects of your role then. So like on a typical day what are the kind of problems you have to deal with? On a typical day I would deal with problems like time management mm. i would have a hundred places to go or i would okay hundred is a stretch i would say there would be three or four meetings at the same time bracket how do important people get free at the same time like i have no idea <laughs> but i would get calls from people saying that hey you know what i am free i'm available at this time we should probably grab a coffee yeah. and at the same time like three others would message me and i would be completely lost like you can't be at three places at the same time right yeah, yeah. unless you have the time turner that hermione uses <laughs> harry potter <laughs> but that's but, everyone's dream i mean like you can't deal with that kind of stuff so my biggest challenge would be dependencies on human beings mm-hmm. you know like it geeks would have problems like server crashes and stuff like for me my biggest problem would be my sources stuck in traffic or okay. my, myself stuck in traffic right. because my sources would give me like 1 hour and in that if i'm stuck in traffic for 20 minutes oops i just have like 40 minutes hard stop that's so you know you're yeah. you're literally bound to your sources availabilities hmm. that's a so very I would, good point that is a huge challenge for me yeah 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 i mean ultimately you're writing about people and so yeah. you need those people to be available otherwise you're Absolutely. stuck yourself yes yes yeah, yeah that's that a good point the worst thing so can you share an example of a project that maybe stands out in your mind um 
तो आई वॉज रिपोर्टिंग फॉर योर स्टोरी फ्रॉम पुणे एंड आई गॉट अ टिप ऑफ फ्रॉम समबडी दैट दिस रियली ह्यूज फूड टेक स्टार्टअप इन मुंबई वॉज फायरिंग ऑलमोस्ट टू हंड्रेड एंड फिफ्टी एम्प्लॉयज ऑन द सेम डे एंड दिस वॉज हैपनिंग अक्रॉस थ्री ऑफ फोर ऑफिस इन इंडिया एंड नो बडी एल्स ऑफ कोर्स गॉट द टिप ऑफ सो आई न्यू दैट आई वॉज स्पेशल एंड अनफॉर्चुनेट एट द सेम टाइम because this is big news right a how do you verify it like you need to act quick before they give up and go to somebody else because you need to tell them okay i'm going to get this story up right now right so these sources contact you because they they have of course ulterior motives right they want to get their voice across right. so these were a couple of employees that were getting fired that called me up so i was i was really confused how do i verify this so i called a couple of people up and i did my verifications i called the spokesperson of the company who refused to comment on badgering like even hundreds of times i called her but she refused to comment so the next step is go there live but i had just delivered a baby so i wasn't able to go there in person so mm-hmm. i figured somebody who lives nearby to go and check what was happening so they had hold up their founder in office so in the pune office these 15 odd employees had like surrounded this founder oh, and locked him up in a room and said we're not going to let you go unless you give us our severance and you know whatever you promised oh us God. right now okay so so this was really stressful and he was holed up in his office for almost 72 hours oh, wow so i had i had people texting me on whatsapp uh, sending me videos i had already i had, i broke the story immediately like within an hour and a half of mm-hmm. verification i had the story up and i spoke to my editor and of course all of that happened and we had the story up so i was the one who was you know following up and these guys would send me texts and videos and photos and all of that at 3 uh, in the morning constantly my my phone kept vibrating i remember how irritated i was because <laughs> i was a new mom and i was still you know like sleep deprived so yeah. i was really 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 frustrated but at, in the morning when i woke up i saw like 230 messages and i was completely overwhelmed yeah. but i realized that these guys were sending me everything instead of going to my competitor probably in et or i don't know vc circle or ndtv because ndtv was there after they read my story they were there in person trying to capture what was happening so yeah. you know all of that yeah. so then i i realized that your role is important and you do play an important uh, role in this society and because after we had all these series of stories published these guys the founders had no other option but to compensate everybody uh, with their severance in like 3 days oh i see i see because the news was public now yeah the news had caught, like it was on fire right oh man so you know what I, like one thing which stands out for me i mean of course this sounds like a very very harrowing and stressful situation but uh the the really uh, key point over here is that the startup guys chose to talk to you as opposed to someone else like you mentioned mm-hmm. so yeah. wh- why do you think that was the case um well i don't know why they chose me right they never tell you why they chose you but i would say that we did have a couple of common friends on facebook actually mm-hmm. so they knew that i was sort of credible person to talk to i was a trustworthy person because 
I was friends with their friends probably I don't okay. know or their cousins I see so I see yeah but- I I per se never accept friend requests from sources so I realized when I checked them on Facebook and found a couple of mutual friends I see so they probably did the same yeah 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 because it's it's clear that the network of a journalist is really crucial absolutely it's the most crucial i think i mean i could say at journalism school when we were graduating we had to print t-shirts for ourselves and we had options and one of the options to print on the t-shirt was you're only as good as your sources are <laughs> so yeah so a journalist is only as good as their sources yeah yeah i mean can you share any tips that you have found helpful in terms of how you can build that trust with your sources the first thing is don't come across as a ruthless journalist you know like journalists have an inherent uh, actually they people stereotype journalists to be uh, ruthless and heartless but the truth is that yeah sometimes we are that way because we have the pressure of deadlines we have the pressure of competition we have all those pressures on us and for us like getting the story out is sometimes the most important but i would say we need to break out of that stress that pressure and be more humane and empathetic and more compassionate to be able to get the better of the person hmm. i have realized that the best way to build trust is to treat the other person like a human being don't treat them like an object that you would use to yeah. build your story like a source and yeah yeah like just like a source don't don't you use them like that yeah be very very humble be loving i mean for the lack of a better word love is what you have to do you have to love people and if you don't love people you're not a journalist and if you can't love your sources then they don't you don't deserve to be trusted Mm-hmm. If if somebody says you know I trust you I'm telling you this please don't put my name up don't put this information and 20 minutes later we have that information online dude why would they trust you right and they will tell 10 other people not to trust you right right that's true so yeah. that's not that's how you try and build right. trust right right and then one more thing you mentioned is that uh, you need to verify these stories every time right because i'm sure you get sort of fake tips also yeah so mm-hmm. uh, generally how does that verification work is there a team that does the verification no there is nobody who verifies a story it is the reporter who has to verify it when you write the story and submit it there usually are fact checkers but that's only after you write the story verification has to be done by the reporters and that is the most important because so many times we get bogus tip offs many many news organizations have rules like the two source rule so when you get a tip off if you can confirm it with two other sources then you can go ahead and publish the story oh interesting so, so can you give an yeah, example we either we follow that or we just uh, verify individually with a with a person who can come on record oh so yeah so can you share an example maybe how that works yeah so when this food tech firing happened right i heard about it and i told you that i didn't know where to go who to call so i knew a couple of my friends who had hired people from this food tech company hmm. so i called them up and i asked them to ask their friends who were working in this company whether this was real and if it was happening and what this guy did was he started a whatsapp group and added me on it and he said hey yeah these are like two other employees who are working there and this is what they have to say 
so I verified it personally like individually I see I see okay got it that makes sense okay all right so it sounds like a very happening and interesting life as a reporter yep so generally what is your typical day is first of all do you have a typical day and if yes what are the kind of activities you have you're engaging in uh as a journalist i would say that there is no typical day mm-hmm. yeah every day is more is a uh, completely more crazy than the previous or it is just mad there is no typical day i wouldn't say like any organization has a 9 to 5 kind of reporting role it does not exist yeah yeah So I mean it could be that one day you're just busy talking with like Yeah, uh one day I'm busy busy talking to 10 to 12 people who are available only on that day and there could be another day where I just sleep in at home in my pajamas <laughs> because nobody wants to talk to me or I just like do research for my next story. Right. It could vary from those. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm guessing you don't have sort of typical working hours either. Uh no but uh now I think a lot of organizations have started telling reporters to come in at a certain time so there is some sort of team building activities that happen otherwise reporters are like lone islands they just work by themselves right. they yeah. they don't care about the world they don't care about teams they don't do any of those things so sometimes there are organizations where reporters don't know each other organizations oh. are realizing that this is not the best way to work and there has to be some kind of bonding between journalists and so they have started telling they've started urging journalists to come to work and at least spend a couple of hours every day at work yeah yeah actually that's a, that's another great point because now that you mention it it's, it is so easy for a journalist to just be out in the field all the time talking to people or stay yeah. at home and write the stories there's no reason to come to office as such there is no reason as, especially with the kind of technology that we are adapted with right now i don't think there is any need for any journalist to go to work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh back in the days uh, i should say during my dad's times there was a big need to go to work because typewriters and printers would be connected only uh-huh. to office computers and back right. then computers were not computers they were just like huge huge machines that mm. they would you know have to make their articles uh, into print so what they would do is they would have to go to work manually print out their articles actually walk down to their editor's office or cubicle and show it to them where the editor will actually sit down with a red pen and mark <laughs> whatever he wants yeah. so back in the times yes going to work was very important not now yeah 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 that's an interesting story so like when you're working on these stories typically are you working all alone then with these sources or is there anyone else working with you right now they are encouraging joint articles but usually it is us working alone with these sources okay so it's just you all the way till the end of course the editor yeah, then works with you all the way till the end it's i told you it's a it's a lone ship mm-hmm. okay so do, i mean let me first get into then sort of the interesting and challenging aspects of the job and uh, i i think you've shared amongst all the stories a lot of interesting aspects already but if you were to sort of list the top interesting things of this job in your mind what would you say I think the most interesting thing about this job is that your life is never boring. No two days look the same. Like you know there are movies where this guy wakes up 
wears his tie, picks up his briefcase, goes to work. Then the next day, same thing, same thing, same thing, <laughs> goes on and on in a in an infinite loop. A journalist's life, a startup reporter's life is never like that. No two days are the same. Yeah. So I would say the most interesting thing is that you never get bored. And the other interesting thing is that you meet so many people every day that you get to learn about so many different characteristics of people, good, bad, ugly, everything. I think at the end of my journalism career, I would take up psychology because there is so much of talking, so much of understanding, so much of so much of experience sharing that at the end of the day, you're bound to think like the person that you met. Mm. So there is so much of thinking that goes in behind this story every time you write a story that at the end of writing the story, you become a little more like that person. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I think I think that is a great thing. And I think I have the complete freedom to choose what I like and what I don't like. So if I don't like a particular story, I don't have to pick up qualities from that person. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that is that is the most interesting thing. No, definitely. I'm, I'm sure you're meeting like what? in every month you must be meeting at least like 10 20 new people always absolutely yeah. like a couple of dozens i would say and and that is that is the best thing yeah yeah and are there any aspects that you find particularly challenging the most challenging thing about journalism is competition the cutthroatedness of the competition in these days is what bothers me the most i would say the most the thing that could retard your growth, stunt it to a level that affects your psyche is competition. Internal competition, external competition. I think journalists need to just understand that, hey, you know, you are good for whatever you are. Don't try to be too over competitive. Yeah, yeah. It, so I'd say that that is, the, that is the worst thing. And of course, secondly, is it's the pay. Sometimes you put in so much effort and you don't get remunerated yeah uh, in proportion definitely yeah so yeah these two things i mean uh going back to the competition aspect are mm-hmm. there uh and i mean i have no idea about the industry but have there been instances when journalists have felt compelled to do strange things just to be the first ones to break a story of course <laughs> uh it is not about breaking the story first but journalists have been compelled to do a lot of strange weird illegal unethical things just to get get out there i could i could quote an example straight out of my book that i'm working on right now huh. uh, in the ethics chapter which i just finished writing yesterday oh yeah you should talk about your book anyway uh, yeah absolutely sure uh, so i would talk about this person called farid zakaria who was a journalist who made headlines for the wrong reasons uh, yeah. in 2012 he plagiarized. Plagiarism is a big, big, um, you know, challenge in journalism or the most one of the most unethical things that a journalist should do. So he plagiarized a particular paragraph from an article and used it in his column. And well, he was brutally punished for it. And all his articles, all his stories were pulled down from all the websites that he had worked for. Well, it's the most shameful thing that can happen to a journalist and yes this could be because sometimes journalists become lazy and they become so blinded by their narcissism and want of fame that they forget the basic the most basic thing of being original right 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 so aparna now you've piqued everyone's interest what is your book about 
<laughs> well um it's actually quite relevant it is about startup reporting in india i realized that when i landed in india straight out of college uh, out of columbia i was so clueless and i'm sure if the number of journalists are still under of 50 in india i think a lot of journalists coming out and joining organizations are still going to be clueless so i wanted to make sure that i put in all my experiences and a sort of guideline to reporting startups in india so that budding journalists and journalists who are switching to startups don't have to go through the whole grind and go through the whole trauma that i went through in my initial days of startup reporting nice the worst thing that happened to me was that i just i just clammed up like i decided i won't write any stories for like 2 3 months and i just started working on a network i started building my connections building relationships with people and i said i don't care about writing i'm just going to i'm just going to work on building my startup ecosystem mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. what are sort of the key things that you wish you knew back then when you started out i wish i knew that there are so many people that are willing to help i wish i knew that startup reporting is not it's not as challenging as it seems because something or the other is always happening every day yeah i wish i knew that not every story has to be written <laughs> so i think these three are the most important things if i were a greedy journalist i would say i would have to write every story that i come across but no i don't have to i have to choose and that is what makes me a good journalist and makes me a smart journalist to choose the right stories yeah yeah how would you if you're working at a large company such as your story how mm-hmm. is the success of a journalist assessed um again like right now success metrics are slightly skewed editors have become tuned to looking at how many shares how many likes the story has got how many comments you're getting how many positive comments how many negative comments but i would say that is the wrong metric i think the success of a story is the impact that it has on the society and to the person who has been written about i think that is the biggest way to assess success i wrote about this not to sound like i'm bragging but i wrote about this entrepreneur with cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and i think 3 months later i got a very beautiful note from him saying that hey you've been an angel in my life after your story came out i got honored by the karnataka government in the disabled quota for for achieving oh, lifetime wow. achievement award i'm yeah. like wow that is huge man this is really good yeah. he's like i owe it all to you and i was so so touched i was really moved yeah. at that point yeah. but uh, of course uh, on a practical if i were an editor and i had to decide how my reporters were doing i would probably look at quantity and quality i would completely avoid all the small half an hour turnaround time stories and i would look at how many stories they've written well reported stories that is what i would worry right. about right right okay all right so then i just had a couple of questions from the point of view of anyone who might be interested in exploring this field so mm-hmm. uh, first of all in your opinion what kind of person do you think would really enjoy himself or herself in this job 
Okay, so I have a sort of ideal candidate in mind, right? And yeah. that ideal candidate would be passionate about news, hmm. would be curious and would love to learn the truth. Hmm. And I would say they should love writing because a journalist who doesn't like writing, I think is not a journalist at all. They shouldn't take up journalism because that's all they're going to be doing. Unless, of course, broadcast journalists, they talk on screen. So that's a different story. And I have no experience to deem yeah. me worthy of talking about that. And I would say the fourth thing is they should love people. They should be extroverted. Our definitions of extroverted are very, very wrong sometimes. We think that just people who like talking are extroverted. But no, people who are very quiet and who anybody who gains energy by talking to people is who is an extrovert. And I think even quiet people sometimes gain a lot of lot of energy by talking to people yeah. and they are extroverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So is there something like a typical background for this role? I'd say anybody with journalism, sociology, English literature, or exposure to a lot of writing projects would probably fit this role. Mm. Or some complete news geek, news fanatic would right. fit the role. Right. Because I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are now, especially now with the with the whole startup scene really blowing up in India. And your story is also itself a lot. Like I see updates from your story all the time. So there mm-hmm. must be a lot of candidates who are applying. So mm-hmm. how can candidates stand out? best way to stand out is to know what you're talking don't ramble on talk small short sentences but talk intelligent stuff if you know who your interviewer or if you know who you're going to talk to then research all about them read read at least 20 articles of theirs and be able to have conversations about that because if somebody can tease my curiosity I would completely take the candidate forward. Yeah. I would recommend them. Yeah. Just so that we touch upon all aspects. So one is that when someone is still applying, right? Mm-hmm. So you, they haven't had a chance to speak with anyone yet. They're still applying. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the best way to apply? And in that process, what is the best way to stand out to actually get shortlisted for an interview? The best way I think to apply is directly to a news organization. But you never see postings of journalism jobs on, you know, career websites or anything. So I would say referrals work very well in journalism. So if you have a friend who is already in that organization, the best way, if you really want to work for that organization, just push push your friend to put in a good word for you. Mm. So that is the only way. Uh, I think that is the best way. Of course, there are like traditional methods like, online applications and all of that but those take a hell of a lot of time so pure referrals are the best way to go and the way to stand out if you've sent an application is to write a kick-ass cover letter Mm. i i would be kidding if i said that i haven't put in two hours for every every cover letter i've written to journalism jobs two hours minimum like of course we all have a structure right structured cover letter but I rework it, I spend at least two hours making my story different every time I say it to a different organization. Yeah, what are the elements of a great cover letter? I would say that the most important elements are why you are a journalist. Because when there are jobs that pay you 10 times more, why do you choose journalism? 
so i think if you answer that question elaborately about why you chose journalism i think that that will be the answer yeah okay apart from your resume do candidates also like should they also submit anything else like for example any pieces they might have written sample writing projects blogs yeah, yeah. Uh, those are called news clips okay so clips so we we submit clips 5 to 6 clips Dep- depends on the organization some organizations want 10 clips some want 15 i would say that the candidate has to think about which clips don't have any damn error on it i have had people send me resumes to forward to your story with clips that have typos and grammatical errors that i've sent back and said hey you know what this is not going to fly man these are like glaring errors you're applying to a journalism job if you're applying to an <laughs> it job you might probably get considered but hey you're applying to a journalism job if you have like grammatical errors how do you even expect to get through yeah. so be very very wary of errors right. in your clips right. if you don't have 20 clips send five clips that's fine but send your best five right right for the interview itself what are the qualities that are assessed in the interview in an interview i would say i mean interviews for journalism jobs are very very conversation like they are very relaxed there is no hard and fast interviews asking for hey do you know this concept what is opportunity cost what is this what is that no no such tests of knowledge right I see. you need to be aware of what you are going to report on and you need to be able to have a very very mature insightful conversation with this person because your life is going to be about conversations yeah so if you are unable to get as much information as you divulge from the other person then you have failed the interview Oh that's that's a very very interesting rule. So what did you say again that you should try and get as much information as the other person got out of you? Exactly. Okay. Because that's what you have to do as a journalist every right. day. Yeah. That's very cool. That's a nice rule of thumb. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that that's amazing Aparna. Is there any advice that you would like to share with anyone who might be considering this role? In journalism it's called a kicker line. which basically you end a story with a super awesome tagline sort of mm-hmm. a thing that just sums up the entire story so my kicker line for this podcast would be journalism is a lifestyle not a job <laughs> all right okay all right everyone keep that in mind and thanks a lot aparna this was amazing i learned a lot had a blast thanks a lot Well, thanks a lot for having me on yeah. <laughs> on the podcast Sonali. It was great talking to you. Definitely. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Aparna guys with a very interesting and engaging account of what it's like to work as a startup reporter in India in today's times. So definitely sounds like a very exciting place. So if any of you out there are journalism enthusiasts or budding journalists, definitely do check it out it sounds like an exciting place to experiment with at least for some time of course if you have any questions for aparna or for me you can email us at learneducatediscover@gmail.com you can also tweet at us our twitter handle is @led_curator you can also find us on facebook our facebook page is on facebook.com/learneducatediscover If you like the page then you'll get updates on all the great content that we are putting together for you guys. 
Of course, if you like the show, you can subscribe to the show. You can find us on SoundCloud or Stitcher or iTunes. Simply search for Learn, Educate, Discover and you'll find us and then you can hit subscribe. Of course, while you're at it, leave us a review. It literally takes less than a minute and it means a lot. Show notes from today's episode will be posted to our blog. You can find our blog at medium.com forward slash at LED underscore curator. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and listening till the end because I guess that's why you're listening to this section right now. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. And until the next one, take care and be well.